We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Good evening, Broncos country. Give us a minute here to get all of our streams on. I'm going to make sure everyone's included here, guys. So give us a give us a minute. Okay, we are good to go. Thank you, everyone, for joining in to another installment of the Orange and Blue View. I am your co-host, uh, Ron White, my partner here on that side, Thomas Hall. How are you doing this weekend, Thomas? How's your weekend going so far? Weekend, weekend's awesome, man. It's going great. I, I'm excited about this game, you know, and uh, it's it's one of those games where, you know, it's meaningful in December. It's been a while since we've felt it, but I'm looking forward to tomorrow and seeing what happens. So it's, uh, and if, if the Broncos can pull off the victory, it's going to be even a better weekend for me than it already has been. How about yourself? Yeah, weekend's going well. And I'm, I guess I'm a little nervous about this game. I shouldn't be, but I am. <laughs> I think with every game coming up now, it's, it's a little nerve wracking in the sense that, you know, now that the Broncos are in the playoff picture, um, you know, you, you, you want to, kind of go away feeling confident, you know, as these games go on. And not to say that I'm not, but you still have that little feeling of nervousness, especially after last week. Because, you know, as we know, the game against the Texans, that was, for some people, for most people, that would have been the the must-win game. Um, And, you know, there was a chance there at the end for the Broncos to to get it, but, you know, they they fall short. But, again, moving on, you know, to the Chargers – this week and forward, hopefully that Broncos can string together these wins um, so that they can be relevant in the playoff picture. But before we get into the charge, oh, go ahead. You want that's to the thing, on? though. I mean, you know, when, when we watched football, uh, the Broncos back when John Elway was playing, it was like there it wasn't this nervousness as much about winning. And yeah. when Peyton Manning, it's it, the nervousness comes because they haven't been able to win consistently. Yeah. And even though they had a five game win streak. That's still, you know, there's still that doubt, you know, that creeps in. I mean, I'm like, I don't know, can they win it? Because at some point, this team's got to get to the point where it know the team itself knows they're going to win, and their fans are like pretty confident all the time that they're going to win more than they lose. So hopefully, this team can get there. But this weekend is the first step in that. Like, how do they bounce back from that loss in Houston and take care of business in Los Angeles? Because that's going to tell a lot about this team. It's going to talk, tell about their resiliency, how good they are, how they can bounce back from that. Uh, you know that it's a heartbreaking loss. I mean, they had a chance to win at the end, and a lot of stuff went wrong. How are they going to bounce back? To me, and I talked about it on Legends of Mile High. 
this the win means more than just playoff positioning for me. It it, it means uh, you know it's going to tell a lot about this team what happens in Los Angeles and and you know if they come back with a victory, then they're they're in prime position for the playoffs. Most definitely, we're going to get into some of that here shortly. We want to say hello to our family coming in here. Thank you, Dylan Von Arts, one of the MHA staffers here coming in. Says, "Sup, Broncos country." As always, make sure you hit that like button on the way in, share on all platforms, and subscribe if you haven't already. Yes, guys, if you don't know anything else, please support us and do those three things, um, of course, for sure. And we got Dominique Martin coming in. Thank you, Dominique, for your support here. He says, orange and blue view rocks. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Mile high salute to my Broncos family. Anticipation for tomorrow's game is real. I just need us to win. MHH for life. Broncos is life. And throw, Russ, throw. Yes. That <laughs> this is good. I'll make it. So we're, we're going to get into, um, you know, some of our keys to victory here. And, you know, some of the players are watching. Russell Wilson might be one of our players to watch. So maybe tune in for some predictions there coming in. We got Kevin Gray coming in. Says, evening, Thomas, Ron, and Scott. Big mile high salute to Broncos country, Denver Broncos for life, MHH for life. Thank you, Kevin, for coming in. We appreciate you. And we got Norman coming in here. Oh, thank you, Norman. He says, I'll be at the game tomorrow. Nice. So damn excited. Yes. Well, it's going to be a great game. Um, Obviously, we're wanting that Broncos victory, and I hope they do it because you're there. But, yeah, my man, enjoy the game. Have fun. Um, It's it's going to be great. And be loud. Yeah, be loud. Hey, you know, Broncos fans travel well, and we've seen a lot of orange in that stadium. Be loud and show them, show show everybody how good the Broncos travel. The Broncos fans travel, man. I, I'm. They do. I, it's exciting. I I would love to go to that stadium and check out again. It looks like a beautiful stadium. Mm-hmm. It it looks like one of the best venues you could go watch a game in. You know, climate control. You don't have to worry about the uh, the weather. But man, I. I'm going to get there and watch a game there sometime. So have fun. Norman. Yes, definitely have fun. And you're right, Thomas Broncos fans. They, they, they do, they travel well. You know, when I was in Houston, I was actually in Houston for the game. So uh, it was a lot of orange, orange and blue guys. So I would say, you know, it's, it's good to kind of have um, the Broncos faithful there with you cheering it on. So it's great. And we got David McGillraff coming in. Thank you, David for being here my man you know we appreciate you he says good evening broncos country tom ron dylan and deacon scott sticking with 11 and 6 hashtag buckham three times hashtag mhh for life hashtag different broncos for life again my man thank you and again you know sticking with that 11 and 6 you know it's again it's not all the room of the possibility you know they they could go on the on, on the run here but you know they we, we'll it, time will tell Put it that way, 11 and go. 6 too. If they do go 11 and 6, and I mean, I don't want to get my hopes up, but say they do, they could actually win the division. The division. That's the thing, David. Yeah. Now, if they do go 11 and 6, I, I, I think it's going to be going down to the wire is between them and the Chiefs yeah. to see who wins the division. So, uh, it'll be fun. It'll be fun if they, if both of those teams are going to need a win to see who gets in the playoffs in the final week. That's always fun. Yes, yes, that will be interesting. Thank you, David, for coming in. And we got Ernie Mays coming in. Thank you, Ernie. Says, go Broncos country only. Yes, sir. Hello, Thomas Aron. Well, hello to you too, sir. Thank you for coming in. We appreciate you. 
And then let's see who else we have here. We got Turtle. I'm going to oh, bring David in. Oh, you're bringing David in? Okay. Yeah, David's coming in. He was in here early. I think we missed him to begin oh, with. But that, David. David, you know, is a great, you know, he's always in here chatting with us. It's always fun to talk with David. But saying evening, Thomas Ron, we keep saying it's like being a dead horse. It's got to be the offensive line and Russ. It's time for them to put a complete mm -hmm. game together. Go Broncos 24-17. David, you're absolutely right. It is time for the offense to come alive. It, it there's no question about it. And in fact, I thought, it, and I keep saying this, and I don't want to feel like a seem like a broken record. I thought that the offense would come alive against Houston. It didn't. A lot of mistakes. Mm -hmm. However, if they clean up those mistakes, they this is the week that they could really show something on offense. And uh, you know, because right now the the Chargers, their, their pass defense isn't great. I don't think their run defense, run defense is that great either. either. They're missing Joey Bosa. I know Khalil Mack is, you know, he can be really streaky and, and wreck a game, but if they can handle him, I think that this offense can really do some damage down there in Los Angeles. So thanks for coming in and talking with us, David. Yeah, thank you, David, for this comment. And you're spot on. I mean, it's time to put up or shut up when it comes to the Denver Broncos offense. Like last week was the game for them to get the offense right. And falling, Thomas falling behind, you know, that, that first of all, when I, when I saw the score, when I was there, I was like, man, this just doesn't look good at all. Like, you know, there were so many missed opportunities, so many mistakes on the offensive line, you know, Will Anderson and McGlinchey, McGlinchey just looked so inept out there across from Will Anderson. It was just a complete nightmare. So you know, if they can get those things clean up on the offensive line and then if they can get the offense kind of in rhythm and then this gets to some of what I was going to talk about as far as Russell Wilson, you know, what we're seeing kind of come out to light more. I, I know we've seen it before, but it's showing its ugly head here now is the, the force feeding to Sutton. And there have been so many plays like I was. There was the one play, I think there were a few plays where Jerry Judy was just wide open. I was actually staring because I was in the in the end zone. I was sitting in the end zone section. So I was actually staring at Judy like right there. And Judy's just wide open. And Russ just doesn't look his way. And I'm like, what, what's going on? So it, it has to be, there has to be some cohesion on offense. And hopefully with Sean Payton coaching him up and with the play calling, because I wasn't the biggest fan of the play calling last week either. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it left a lot to be desired. And so I would say if, if that can continue to improve and they coach Russell Wilson up to get your playmakers involved, I think this offense can take that next step. But there were just a lot of mistakes on the field last week. Yeah. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show 
by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Yep. Just want to grab Phil because he's coming in here with support from Facebook. Thank you for the uh, Facebook stars, Phil. Appreciate the support as always. Saying good evening, Thomas Aron. Do you think we will establish a run attack, then open up the passing game, or the ver- reverse? Fuck them, mile high for life, go Broncos. Phil, it's a great question because, you know, there's always that debate, which does which is first. They Regardless of what they do, they need to have a balanced attack. I think the Chargers are vulnerable in both areas. I don't think they have a stout defense against the run. It's not, it's not as porous as some of the other teams in the league statistically. But the Broncos can run on them, and I wrote up about it. They have given up big yardage running kind of in the interior, behind the left guard. They, uh, they All year, they've given up big yardage. So the Broncos can go out there, and that's one of my keys is, is to establish the run behind the left guard. Let Ben Powers okay. do what he does best, run right behind him. Usually it's Quinn Miners that I'm talking about this, this week. It's Ben Powers, and uh, I, think they could, I think that will help open up the deeper pass, but at the same time you think, okay, well, should they come out and throw a deep pass? I, that's what they tried to do in Houston. They came out, they threw two deeper passes right away. Mm-hmm. And the first one was, you know, knocked away. It didn't, didn't work, but the second one was a drop. And that just kind of set the tone for the rest of the time. So we may see Sean Payton come out and say, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to run first and then, and then open up the passing game because of what happened last week. I'm not sure, but it needs to be very balanced, but that the, they are very vulnerable to those deep passes. And I'll get into that in a little bit on one of my other keys. Yeah. Thank you, Phil, for coming in with, with this question. This is a great one. And to piggyback off of Thomas, this is also one of my keys. I know he's focused on, you know, running behind powers, kind of letting powers be the lead. And I agree the emphasis on the ground game for sure needs to be um, kind of how they establish this game first, kind of going into it, emphasizing the run because that's think about it phil that that's kind of what made them do well and win these games in this winning streak there was a lot of heavy concentration on the run so kind of doing what works um i think is great and establishing it with williams i think p ryan is questionable i think he had that knee injury so i'm not sure if he's going to go or not um but yeah if you can get a heavy dose of williams um i think you know, Williams has a chance to even hit the hundred yard rushing mark. He could, you know, so I, I would say definitely establish the run to open up the pass. And then the pass is actually going to be my next key to victory. But but we, we'll get into that here shortly as far as kind of how we want to get other playmakers and such involved. Yeah, thank you, Phil, for the support. Appreciate it. If you want to support the show, throw in a super chat, throw in a Facebook star. We'd be more than happy to uh uh, you know, put you up here and talk about what you want to, when you want to chat about. Yeah. So uh, thank you for that. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I gave one of my keys. You want to, uh, you want to jump into one of your keys, uh, Ron, real quick. 
Yeah, so I already provided the the ground game, running game key. Um, the other key that I have is getting more of the playmakers involved. You know, again, there are going to be times where, to what we just alluded to, the pass defense is pores of the charter. So there are going to be people open out in space. You know, you're, you're going to have opportunities for Jerry Judy um, to catch passes, Mims to catch passes, even Troutman. Um, um, Johnson as well. So, you know, kind of having a lot of those play markers, getting them in space, you know, hitting them in stride with Jerry Judy. Again, there are a lot of, Thomas, There, are, what I've noticed is that there are a lot of play designs that Sean Payton calls that have Jerry Judy just, you know, itching for the ball. <laughs> you know, and it's, they, they, you know, they, Russ needs to see that and take advantage of it. I think there were two two of them on Sunday where if he hits Jerry Judy, it's a touchdown. <laughs> it's, it's a touchdown. <laughs> you know, so just having those players recognizing, you know, the defense, seeing the open man, getting to them in stride, and then going for that knockout punch. So yeah. getting those players besides Sutton, because we know Sutton's going to do what he does. But getting these other play, playmakers involved, especially with how the pass defense of the Chargers is. Yeah, and I, I'm not going to fault the offensive line too much, but they they were allowing pressure pretty quick into Russell Wilson in Houston. So hopefully that doesn't happen. The Chargers he has a he has a little bit more of a chance to kind of see what's happening in the field, throw the ball. I'm not making excuses. Russ played didn't play very well against Houston at all. So hopefully this this kicks in. But I mean, you you can see he can still throw a deep ball well. I mean, that toss to Sutton that yeah. was a touchdown. It was a beautiful pass. Beautiful. You know, he was short on the Mims pass. Uh, you know, I did I did some analysis on it. The the real key, though, for me is I, I looked back at what he was able to do in Seattle during his time and what he was able what he's doing this year. He's not, it doesn't seem like they're getting much explosive plays or yards after the catch on the shorter passes. Now, if they can figure out a way, maybe it's Russell Wilson not hitting him in stride, maybe he's not seeing him quick enough, whatever it may be. I'm not sure. But if those short passes can turn into longer gains like it used to because he's mm-hmm. it's half he's it's half as many it like really it's uh that's how much uh difference it is come from seattle to here to this season uh if they can get a little bit of those shorter passes to go a, a bit farther right. i think they're going to be much better off they don't always have to hit that deep pass because the deep passes you know they're not always uh you know they're a low percentage pass you know the nfl average is around 38 you know, 37% completion rate on those. So they really need to be able to get those wide receivers open in space so they can get those yards after catch. That's uh, that's really what I feel like they need to do. But also what I want you all to do and what we're hopefully going to do is make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. I, I mean, let's face it, pizza is always good. You know, you can have a party, have some friends over, do a watch party, have some pizza. Call up Little Caesars. You can order online during our Pizza Pizza pregame, one hour before, and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day on Sunday. And get ready for some football and fun. Yes, guys. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings that you like, that you crave. Either way, you all win. So my pizza, I like. You know, bacon, pineapple, mushrooms. Um, I, sometimes, you know, I just mix it up depending on how I feel, and you guys can do the same. So 
Speaking of winning, and hopefully the Broncos win tomorrow, <laughs> everyone scores with convenient delivery or the in-store pizza portal. So grab some friends or grab your family and enjoy a few slices while the game is on tomorrow. Absolutely. I'm going to grab Mike Edel here coming in with a super chat. Thank you for the support, Thank Mike. You, Mike. Thank you for all the support you give us. We we very, very much appreciate it. And uh, we love to read your comments. So it's 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 always good discussion when you pop in here uh, with these comments. But Mike says, good evening, Thomas, Ron, and Scott. Well, Scott's not here, but it's just Ron and I. Well, it's fine. Uh, we have seen a few games with marginal play calling this season. Do you think Sean Payton is a little rusty with his time out of the NFL? It's a great question. I've seen it too. Some of it's execution, though. Like some of the play calls may be okay if the execution was all right. Some of the play calls I don't like. That happens all the time. I don't know if he's rusty. Sometimes I think he might get a little bit too cute, you know, with some play calls. Like some of those red zone playing calls that I've saw uh, that I saw a few weeks ago. I was like, yeah, those aren't. I wouldn't use those again. But I think a lot of the play calling has been pretty solid for the most part it, some of it is execution like that that well, i'll go back to the houston game. i'm sorry to beat a dead horse with this houston game and that first or that second pass to to sutton you know on that first drive that he just dropped that was a great play call i think he was he'd have caught that that would have changed the entire you know kind of makeup of the game so i don't know if he's rusty i don't know if he's compensating for the lack of talent in the yeah. uh, passing game i think the Broncos really need someone that's a difference maker. And I'm not trying to knock Sutton. Sutton is he's doing great. A really solid year, catching touchdowns, kind of the Chris Carter effect. All he does is catch touchdowns kind of thing. But they don't really have a you know someone in the – and you can say Jerry Judy's eyes open, but he's not a difference maker. They need a real difference maker in that passing game, and I think that would help. And the second thing is, man, I don't know what the deal is. Javante Williams is grinding and grinding and grinding, and he just cannot break one. If he could break a couple uh, runs, those would look beautiful. So it's hard to say. I mean, Ron, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, thank you, Mike, for coming in with you know your generosity and your question. This is actually a very good question. Um, I, I would say that there are a lot of different factors or considerations when it comes into analyzing kind of this question in its totality. I, I, I would say first, to point on your uh, point there, Thomas, on the personnel, I, I think you see a lot of the play calling, you know, being executed just because because of Russell Wilson. <laughs> you know, I, I think a lot of it, he's catering to what Russ does well and kind of minimizing some of Russ's mistakes. Although, you know, we saw it in this past game with those three interceptions. Um, so we saw like the heavy dose of running, you know, in that five game winning stretch. And then on the second and third down plays when, you know, he just has Russ improvising, Russ does a good job of improvising. So I, I think you see a lot of trying to minimize the mistakes that that's kind of where the play calling comes into play, but it still leaves a lot to be desired because yeah, you're right, Thomas. As great as Cortland Sutton has been, Denver doesn't really have that true elite number one receiver that can just say, hey, go get it, right? Like they don't have a Jamar Chase from Cincinnati, <laughs> you know, or like a Debo Sanger from the 49ers, right? That 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 element from the offense is, is missing. So 
now there's potential for someone like Mims or someone to be that. Yeah, you know that that, that potential is there. But you you see a lot of different things here, Mike, when it comes to you know Russ being who he is with the play calling and Sean Payton really trying to find that happy medium of you know Sean Payton's a very run heavy guy as as we've noticed, but you know with that you, you want to try to find that happy medium of finding what Russ does well with his preference of running, but yet minimizing the mistakes. And that that's kind of what you're seeing come out in the wash. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm going to grab uh, RD is also coming in with a super chat. Thank you, RD. Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for being here tonight on a Saturday night, nice. uh, taking your weekend to uh, come join us and talk football and talk Broncos. It's always fun. Yeah. Uh, RD says, I think the O-line gets too much blame. They didn't play great, but that was one bad game. D-line has been worse all year. Imagine if any random running back didn't look like a pro bowler against us. You are exactly right, RD. I'll tell you, the offensive line does get a lot of blame. They played really well. I've loved Quinn Miners all season. I think he's been lights out. Cushionberry's much better. Bulls had a rough game, and I think McGlinchey had a bit of a rough game. Powers had a rough game, uh, rough start to the season's gotten much better. The offensive line overall is playing so much better. I didn't. Their Houston game was a little a little rough, but mm-hmm. it's one bad game. You're right. But you're right about the D-line. Although I thought Mike Purcell played so much better against Houston than he's played all season. Mike Purcell, for his size, shouldn't get pushed around as much as he does. I, I just I, I don't understand it. But he was playing pretty well uh, early on in that Houston game. I like Zach Allen, but, yeah, the, the problem is you the you've only got two DJ Jones and – and Zach Allen are your two kind of, you know, stars out there, really, so to speak. And then after that, it's it's very lackluster. You, dr- it's a pretty big drop off, and from my opinion, so you're right. The D line has had a rough time, and they have to find another really good defensive lineman this off season to really kind of bolster that defense. Thank you, RD, for coming for your super chat. And Thomas, again, I think we're sharing a brain <laughs> this evening because you're. I'll, I'll start with the D-line portion because that's where I agree with you 100%. And we voiced these concerns, Thomas, at the beginning, near the beginning of the season, before the season started, that the D-line and then the depth thereof, it's very mediocre. You know, Zach Allen is, you know, has now kind of recently been showing up, but we were even wondering, you know, where are we going to get a Zach Allen sign, you know, showing this season? You know, it took a while for him to, you know, kind of make an impact. And then DJ Jones has been solid as well. Um, but, yeah, outside of those two, I mean, who, who, who do you really have? <laughs> you know, that's really making a difference. And then, like I said, heaven forbid if someone goes down, that the depth is it's much worse. So D-line needs to definitely be a focus um, once the season's done in free agency and in the draft. Um, as far as the offensive line is concerned, Artie, I agree with you 100% because I would say the weakest link on the offensive line is Mike McGlinchey. Everyone else has performed well. You know, Miners is a baller. Bowles has done pretty well, I would say. Um Cushionberry. So I, I yeah, so I would say that the 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 O-line does get too much blame. Um and and they shouldn't. Now I would say now this, yeah, this past game against Houston wasn't wasn't their best showing, but I would say overall it's been you know pr- 
pretty average to above average O-line play. Um, but if we can get that right tackle, for me, the right tackle is still a big issue. Um, just with pressure up in Wilson's face, that right tackle just still needs to be solved. If we can get that solidified, RD, with the rest of the offensive line, I th- I think we'd be in good shape, better shape. Yeah. Got Casey Nickel coming in. Thanks, Casey, for being here. Thanks for the support with the super chat. We always appreciate it saying, hey, guys, always love seeing you all. Well, we love seeing you here in the chat with us, Casey. So thank you very much. One of my keys to victory is containing Eckler and capitalizing finally on great field position and not waiting until the fourth quarter. Yeah, those are those are great keys. And, you know, it's kind of funny. You know, Eckler is, is a playmaker, but the news coming out of Los Angeles is there is the, the coach there. Staley has been talking about taking carries away from him and give them to somebody else. I don't understand it. I, I really think uh, Staley's grasping at straws right now. He's, he's kind of uh, feeling the pressure. He's trying to do something to make some changes to get this team rolling, but taking carries away from Eckler seems like one that I wouldn't do if I was the head coach, but it seems like a little turmoil, but yeah, great Casey. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know what Staley and the Chargers, I don't know what Staley's thinking. You know, he's, <laughs> I think he knows, well, he knows he's on the hot seat. So he's trying to do anything to, you know, preserve his job. <laughs> but yeah, that doesn't make sense. But you're, but Casey, to your point, yeah, containing Eckler is key. You know, we, we've stressed over the past few weeks about this run defense. And they're going to be put to the test yet again with containing Eckler. Um, that that's going to definitely be be the key here for sure. Um, and as far as field position is concerned, you know, Mims didn't have the opportunity to to do that in Houston. So we're hoping that, you know, we can get in situations where Mims can, you know, break a few of these off and can start at the 50 yard line or, or a little closer. So but yeah, once we get that, you know, the Broncos definitely need to capitalize on that great field position for sure. Great comment. And Phil's coming back in with some more support. So thank you so much, Phil, with Facebook stars coming in said saying, asking the question, would it be better to use McLaughlin over Pirine because of the turf at SoFi? I just ordered my pizza. All right. <laughs> great. That's great <laughs> news. Thank you for doing that. Appreciate it. You know, that's that's uh you can't go wrong. I mean, little Caesars, you know, so it's Good. uh you get it right to your home. So it's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if it's it depends on how uh p ryan feels right like yeah you're probably right there's more chance of injury but if if the coaching staff and the medical staff and everybody's all says yep he's fine not going to be able not going to injure it any worse or anything then you know i don't i don't feel like it's a difference my the problem though with mclaughlin has he he started out really good and he has just not gotten anything going as of late and i i think they need to work on the pro well one of the problems is if he's in the game they know the ball's going to the defense, yeah, yeah. It, it almost always happens. He gets the ball. They kind of know it. They've got to be a little bit more cre- creative with McLaughlin, I think, to get him into space a little bit better, a little bit more of a surprise, so to speak. I don't know that if they trust him to really be that that blocker uh, when they need a blocker from a running back. So that's you know maybe part of it as well. Uh, I hope I hope P Ryan can go. But I'm just going to jump into the injuries right now because he's the only one on the injury list that's not a full go. One person. It's amazing. I can't believe it Love that it. this in December, the injured reserve, my knock on wood right now, injured reserves, 
doesn't have a bunch of people on it, and there's only one questionable player for this game. It is amazing. Kudos to that strength and conditioning, Bo Lowry, that whole medical staff that's got these. It's a complete night and day difference from the last couple of years. But thanks, Phil. Appreciate it. Yes. And to your point, before I get to Phil, thank you for coming, my man. Yeah, you're right on the injury front. You know, I looked at it today as well, Thomas, and I'm like, I was just like, thank God. You know, it's, it's been a while since we've seen consistently, right, that the injury report is, it's, you know, either one player or or none, right, that are, are no-go. So it's, it's been great. But yeah, yeah, Phil, to, to your question or comment on, you know, McLaughlin, I, I think that's, I think that's been kind of part of, you know, I, I would say with McLaughlin, they, it's kind of been very run heavy. And then I think with some of the defenses and fronts that they faced, McLaughlin wasn't the right running back because you're going to need power and strength, especially going against the likes of the Minnesota Vikings defensive, you know, defensive line and the Buffalo Bills defensive line. So that that can kind of explain why McLaughlin really wasn't out there. But, you know, I, I think they definitely need to use him with a lot of those trick plays, you know, have specific design plays centered around McLaughlin with some of the end arounds and some of the screens. You you can get a little creative, especially with a person with his speed and with his quick twitch. So, you know, I think as the season moves forward and even into next season, Sean Payton can maybe try to be a little bit more creative with how they use him. Because again, we know with P Ryan and, and Williams, they're more the power backs. Um, but with yeah, McLaughlin, you can kind of get him more into that. I'm trying to have a comparison for him, more of a, like a Eckler, maybe like a Tavon Austin type of role where he's just kind of that, you know, um, very versatile with some of the specific plays. But we'll see. Yeah. Greg Smith's coming in asking the question, does Sean Payton really see something in Lucas Kroll? Or is it a numbers game? I see he was called up again. Yeah. Well, let's just talk about it. So Tyler Beatty is called up and Lucas Kroll. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's that he sees something. Obviously, they saw something in Lucas Kroll to go out and get him and bring him into the practice squad. But I think they just see more from him maybe than Nate Atkins because Nate Atkins has been inactive. So it this is his last time that he can be called up. And I'm not I'm not 100% sure if they have to sign him or give him, you know, put him out on waivers or not after this game. I'll have to do some research. But yeah, he's been called up is so maybe they're just doing it this one last time cuz they feel like Dulcich is coming back after this week, which that was the projection that he would be uh, week 14 he would be coming back even though he's been on uh you know injured reserve for longer than the 4 week period. So hopefully it's an indication that Greg Dulcich is coming back more so than you know, Lucas Kroll is anything special, but you know, in preseason, he had, he had some, some good moments, obviously, uh, you know, that not so far in the regular season, they just, they, they're just searching for something at tight, anything at tight end. They need something at mm-hmm. tight end and they don't have it. And maybe they're hoping that Kroll can, can catch some fire. I'm not sure, but I think this is the last time he's going to be called up. Yeah, th- thank you, Greg, for coming in. I was going to echo you, Thomas, and I just think they just want another playmaker on offense. You know, the Broncos have been void at the tight end position for a little while now. I mean, obviously we have Troutman there, but I think they're looking for more impact. Um, and, again, I think it's just another move until Dulcich gets back. I, I believe Dulcich 
I think the earliest he can come back is what next? Is it next week or the week after? I believe. What's that? Next week, Dulcich or the week after? He's he's clear to come back anytime. He's done he's his done. four weeks, so okay. they just they they're just waiting for him to be healthy enough to come they're back. So to come back. Okay. projection was after week fourteen, which is week fourteen. So I think, I but I I haven't heard anything. I don't know if that's what they're planning. But yeah, he's he has been eligible to come back for a couple of weeks. Okay, okay. so probably sure. yeah, in the next week or so. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I think that's just what it is. It's another playmaker on offense with Crow. Um, until until kind of holding the seat down until Dulcich gets back. That's kind of how I see it. It's true. All right, well, let's jump into our, some more keys. It's been a great conversation. If you guys want to throw some more uh, chats in there, some more questions, go right ahead. But I'll say this: the other key, obviously, is containing Khalil Mack. Right. I mean, if you think about you look at this, the Chargers are third, I believe, tied for third in sacks for the NFL. Over a third of those are from Mac. Mac has generated over a third of that production. So if they can contain Mac and without Joey Bosa on the other side, I think they're going to have a a pretty good day, uh, you know, keeping the pressure off of Russell Wilson. But I mean, if they can't, if if Max out there wrecking <laughs> wrecking the game like he did, you know, when he had six sacks and you know everybody's like, oh, Khalil Max back, uh, then that's going to be a different story. But they got to keep Khalil Mack in check, and uh, you keep him from getting that that real big streak going on that he tends to have in games. Good one. Yep. And then my last key um, to victory is pressuring Herbert and getting creative with some of the coverage designs. So with Herbert, he's actually been very good against the blitz. So I I don't recommend Vance Joseph deploying many blitzes against him. I know he um, went wild when the Minnesota Vikings played. Um, So just having things kind of hold up on the back end with some of the the coverages um, would be helpful um, to maybe confuse Herbert and get into some of those errant throws and, Maybe getting Simmons, McMillan, Sertan to get a pick or so. Um, but yeah, that that that's kind of my other key to victory is making sure Herbert Herbert's contained, pressuring him and you know, making sure that some of those coverage designs are are employed successfully. Yep. I'm gonna grab William Contalano. He's uh, he's been uh, chatting it up in here, and I, I just want to grab this because I, I think we're talking about Judy here, right? William says if if he has uh I don't understand why Wilson doesn't look his way unless he does not trust him. And and I, I believe you're talking about Jerry Judy here being open and uh, you know, Russ not throwing to him. So sometimes he, you know, he, he takes off too soon or whatever it may be, but it may be a trust issue. I'm not sure what it is though. He had plenty of targets earlier in the season. He was getting seven, you know, around seven targets consistently right away. Um, so I don't know what it is. It's it's very strange. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he just feels more comfortable Sutton all of a sudden. But the one thing that I don't want them to do is try to force it to Jerry Judy. Yeah, don't force it to him. You know, if he's open, throw it to him. Yeah, you know, look for his way, but don't try and force. Don't do the whole Mike Tice Randy Moss uh, ratio of percent or whatever of touches he needs to get back in the day. Like if he's open, fine. Don't force feed him. Take the play that's there. But I would like to see Jerry Judy get a little bit more involved. And I actually – I thought he was going to get more involved than Houston. But he wasn't. He just wasn't. And it's strange. It's really strange to me. It, it's kind of one of those things, Ron. Like, 
We don't know why. Why, why isn't he looking his way? Because he yeah. did last year at the end of the year a lot. Yeah, well, and it's it's a head scratcher. You know, it's again a lot of these designs, as I mentioned earlier, they're open. You know, they're they're really ready for Judy to get a touchdown. And you know, it, it could be to your point on the trust. It that could factor into it. You know, because we know Jerry Judy. You know, somewhat still has a case of the drop seat, so it could. You know, that could definitely be you know part of the reason, but. You know, I, I I just don't I don't know. And we saw what I guess what's such a head scratcher about it, Will and Thomas is, you know, near the end of the season, Jerry Judy was taking off. And, you know, Russ was, you know, they were getting him more involved. So to have it now, it's just it's just mind boggling. The reason why I, I I don't know. But again, I hope, you know, for everyone's sake, I we all hope that changes. You know, that that, that has to change. And you're right, Thomas, that we hope this doesn't get into a force feeding of Jerry Judy either, because, you know, now that's kind of been put out there, you know, in the media, you know, that Jerry Judy isn't getting open, but now we don't want Jerry Judy to be the recipient of all the balls being thrown to him. Right. So again, it's mostly keeping Sutton involved. Sutton's going to do Sutton's going to do Sutton things, but then when the play is open for Jerry Judy to catch it, just give it to him. Yeah. So I, th- I think again, just trying to find that balance on offense to make sure all the all the playmakers are involved. Yep, and I think they they can get it to them. In fact, this is my last key, and that I don't want them to be gun shy of going out there and throwing it deep because they messed up a few times during uh, the Houston game. Go out and attack again. The Chargers are giving up forty two percent completion rate to deep passes, which is well over the the league average. Four TDs, four deep t- pass TDs. Go out there and attack. You don't have to do it constantly. You don't have to like force it out there, but go out there and run, you know, you know, get some get some deep balls. Keep that defense honest, and I think you're going to be able. To, I think the Broncos are going to be able to move the ball a couple times with some deep passes for sure. Got Douglas Wall coming in saying hello, Thomas and Ron and Broncos country. This is simple to me. Play with the same intensity as you did for the Browns game. Do your job. Broncos have the Bronco. Uh, Broncos have more than enough talent. Yeah, I said this earlier, Doug. Thanks for coming in, Douglas. Uh, if they play like they played against the Browns, they will wipe the floor with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. It just that was a great game against a really solid defense. I thought there were some mistakes in there, but if they play like that, they're going to beat the tar out of the Chargers. If they show up like they showed up at Houston. I don't know. It's going to be a tough one. I'm betting on the. Uh, I'm betting on that they're going to come back, bounce back, because what I saw through that five game win streak. And what I saw at the end, you know, or the second half when they were fought back in Houston tells me that this team has some resiliency and is going to come back and play much better this time. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Doug. I agree with everything you just said, Thomas. Thank you, Doug, for coming in. And uh, although that comment was great, I'm going to take those three words that you put in, do your job. (laughs) It's really going to come down to just that. Everyone do their job. On the offensive line, you know, McGlinchey needs to step it up. He needs to do his job. When Russ drops back, find the open receiver. Let's not force feed things. On defense, do your job. Stop the run. Let's contain Eckler. Um, and, you know, on the on the pass defense, I'm not too worried on, on the secondary. Obviously, Sertan and Keaton Allen are going to be the, the marquee matchup. Um, but, yeah, just do your job on – in all three phases on all sides of the ball. And 
you know, you also made a good point, William, that um, I'm sorry, Douglas, that, you know, that this team does have enough talent. You know, they're, they're, there's talent on all different you know levels, all sides of the ball. So if they can go out and execute, do their job as they should, they should be able to beat the Chargers quite handedly. All right, I'm going to grab one more comment. I mean, we, this show's going by fast. We only got 15 minutes left, Ron. So uh, grab another Sorry, comment guys. from Phil coming in with Facebook Star. So thank you again for the support. Uh, this is the wrong one. Sorry, that was the old one. There it is. All right, Phil says, I firmly believe that Russ has PTSD. He's been one of the most hit QBs in the league. I feel the best way to hit Judy is for Russ to just throw the ball where he's supposed to be and pray Judy gets to the spot. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, if you're getting hit that many times, tendency to just kind of like, okay, I don't see the read. I'm going to try and get out of the pocket. That happens, you know, and you're right. He has been one of the most sacked quarterbacks, you know, especially the last two years even. I mean, last year he got he got pummeled back there. Uh, this year he's still getting hit. So you could be onto something. But, you know, that's the thing. That's what we keep talking about. If he does, he trust Judy enough to be there, right? I mean, this is it. It's a little. He's a he's a different quarterback than Peyton. Peyton Manning took it through it on time. You were supposed to be there, and if you weren't, then you know you got in trouble from Peyton Manning, right? Uh, but this is Russell Wilson's not that type of player. He's not that timing passer. So, but he does have to have some of that element in. He's got to trust that Judy's going to be there and throw it to him. You're right. I, I agree with you. Yeah, I, I agree, Phil, as well. And, you know, I yeah, you're right. He is one of the most hit QBs in the league. But, again, he just – Russ has to do a better job of kind of going going through the reads and finding that open that open man. And I, I just feel so sometimes it's he, – he just doesn't see it. You know, I, I, again, I don't know what it could be. You're right, PTSD could factor into it. It's, you know pe- – a lot of people mention his height. You know, he, you know, he maybe can't see it. But again, I, I don't know. But I think that if that changes, you know, finding that open person and going through the reads as he should, again, getting Jerry Judy the ball in space, um, I, I think, I think this team can go far. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 very it's very mind boggling, Phil, to just to, to understand why Jerry Judy's not getting the ball. When again, at tail end of last season, Jerry Judy was a focal point of this offense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thanks, Phil. Appreciate Thank coming you. in and uh, and chatting with us and the, for the support. Really do appreciate yeah. that. All right, well, we're probably not going to get to the rest of all of our stuff here. So uh, let's let's grab a few. Um, should we grab some uh, stats projections or some players to watch? What do you What do you think, Ron? What we should jump into because we're getting yeah, really we, close to the end of the hour here. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we can grab just we can rattle off our um, players to watch and then get into the stat, stats projections. All right, let's do it. My first one is we've been talking about him, Jerry Judy. Is he going to get the ball? That's the thing. I I still think Russell Wilson is going to trust Sutton more. Sutton's going to get more of the ball. They're not going to force feed Judy. But is Judy is Judy frustrated, and you know is he gonna is he gonna be wide open? And we're gonna see that again. I really want to watch that. That and if he is, and Russ hits him, man, that's gonna be a big day for Jerry Judy. Yep, good one, good one. Uh, my player to watch is Jaquan McMillan. Um, I, I want to see the matchups with him and I think Jalen Guyton or Quentin Johnson. I know Johnson has been having issues catching the ball when thrown to him. So 
it'll be interesting to see if McMillan is there right by him and can get a pick or two or even break it up. Uh, but yeah, again, I like McMillan's game. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I'm expecting even bigger things from him this year and moving forward. I'm just going to grab this from Greg. Let's rally around when you tease the game, do your job. Greg, <laughs> thank you for coming in saying that. Thank you, if Greg. the Broncos do their job correctly, they can go in and beat the Chargers. If they, like I said, they come out playing like they played against the Browns, they are going to beat the Chargers. No problem. I, that's the way I feel. But if they're making mistakes again, like they did, you know, you never know what's going to happen. That's the problem. Thanks, Greg, for that. Appreciate it. Thank you, Greg. All right. And I mean, obviously Russell Wilson is a player to watch how he handles, uh, you know, what happened last week, three interceptions, you know, the interception to end the game when he probably should have thrown it away. How does he bounce back? Right. Let's see how he bounces back. Can he still feel trust himself to open up that offense, get the ball out there uh, to his playmakers, throw some deep balls. How is he going to respond to that? That's to me is, is a big key. Get, how is he going to respond? How is he going to distribute the ball now that uh, all this, you know, they lost after the five game win streak. Everybody's complaining about uh, Russell Wilson again. He's terrible. He doesn't, you know, we got to get rid of him. You know, all this other stuff that's going on. Jerry Judy's wide open and Russ can't see him. How does he respond? That's going to be key. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Another my player to watch is PS2. Um, I, I want to see the PS2 and Keenan Allen matchup. Um, I, it's going to be, it's really, it may determine the outcome of this game. <laughs> um, you know, so I know it was stated during the week that they do have a plan for Keenan Allen. And again, I hope that the plan is for PS2 to follow him. I know sometimes Joseph may mix up certain things and coverages, but um, also looking to see if Sertan can get an interception when he's following Allen, when Herbert throws Allen's way. So I'm, I'm just, again, you know, PS2 is that lockdown guy. I want to just see him, um, you know, live up to that status and can get a pick or two off. I know he's been known to get it. He's gotten a few picks from Allen before. So I'm wanting to get him to get another one for sure tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. And that's the one thing that he needs. If you're going to compare him to the greats like Champ Bailey, right? Champ Bailey could get the picks. He could shut your receiver down and get the picks. Sertan can shut your receiver down. I know it's a different style of play, but can he start, you know, making a little bit more uh, difference, you know, when it comes to getting those takeaways? It would, you know, if he can do that, you know, it's Hall of Fame for him. No, no problem. Greg, thank you for coming in and saying you like the show. Really appreciate that you, uh, very much. Thank you so much. My last one is McGlinchey. Now, I know Bulls is probably going to have Khalil Mack on him mostly. But McGlinchey has to do his part. If Bowles can go over there and they can help with Khalil Mack and they can take care of him, McGlinchey better be doing his part against, you know, some of the lower level. And I'm doing that in air quotes, lower level competition. It's not Joey Bosa. It's their second stringer, third stringers. If McGlinchey is messing up over there, uh, it doesn't matter what they uh, are able to do with Khalil Mack. So McGlinchey has to do his part uh, and, and keep the, uh, opposite side of the field uh, from getting to Russell Wilson. Good. And then my last is is uh is Brandon Johnson. Um, just looking, you know, to see how they, you know, as he's getting back from that injury, looking to see how they fold him back into the offense. 
you know, if Russ will look his way as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, he's a he's a great playmaker when he's out there. Um, I'm going second in um, touchdowns on the team. So um, just looking to see, you know, if he can um, be that player that we know that he is. Um, I know Russ trusts him a lot, and hopefully Russ can continue to, you know, fold him in with this offense and throw to him so he can continue to catch touchdowns from us. But yeah. I'm just going to say hi to Todd Ostendorf coming in. Thank you for being on these shows all the time, Todd. Really appreciate it. Sometimes it's hard to get to all the comments, but uh, yeah, thank you for coming in here and uh, uh, appreciate it. I hope you have a good evening as well. Thank you yes. so much. Thank you, Todd. All right, let's jump into some stat predictions and then let's do our predictions for the game, Ron. So first of all, someone's in there talking, it was talking about Javante Williams. I've been waiting for him to pop for a while. Uh, I hope he does this game, but I'm going to project him with around 18 carries and about 90 yards, and he's going to get that touchdown. Nice. Nice. Cool. My, my stat projection, I feel as though this has been the Jerry Judy show. <laughs> <laughs> but it is Jerry Judy, guys. I hate to say it, but he's Jerry Judy. Uh, so Jerry Judy with six receptions on eight targets, you know, a little bit more feeding to him. Um, 90, tar- 90 yards. And one touchdown. And before I jump into my next one, I'm going to grab Casey Nickel coming back in with a super chat. Thank you so much. Asking the question, what if we get the last wild card position in the playoffs? Who does that put Denver up against? Well, the the last position ends up going against. So they give the first round by to the number one seed. So it'll be the number two seed that they go up against Baltimore. right now. I think that's uh, Baltimore. So they'd have to go to Baltimore as the number seven seed and uh, hope that they could, uh, you know, come out with a win there. So, I mean, things can change in between there. Who knows who's going to be the number one, number two seed, but they're, they're the seventh seed. They're, uh, they're going to be facing the number two uh, seed in the playoffs, but you never know, right? You got to get the playoffs. You never know what's going to happen. You got to get there first. And then, thank you, Casey. This is a great question, especially for the community, just to, you know, kind of get an idea of where the Broncos stand currently. You know, if they do get that position, who they'll play. But, you know, they may not even get the last position. You know, you know, if they can, you know, depending on what happens with Buffalo and, you know, the Steelers are going, you know, the Steelers are on a two-game losing streak, you know, outside looking in. And, you know, with the Browns. So who's to say that, you know, the Broncos will even obviously the Broncos still have to win out. But, you know, who's to say that the Broncos will even be in that last portion? But, yeah, it, yeah, it will be the Baltimore. And that'll be an interesting matchup if, if that if that does come about um, for sure. Yeah. And <laughs> I'll just say this. Uh, if they had beat Houston, my I was I would have said that they would have got the fifth seed. And they probably they could have been challenging for the division title. Mm-hmm. Now that didn't happen, so now they're 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 going to fall back. But I'm going to tell you right now, Steelers could go seven and eleven. You know they were in the driver's seat for a while. They're not even in the playoffs right now. And I don't know if they can win. <laughs> Seeing what they yeah. I saw in the last two games, I don't know if they can win another game. They probably will, but I don't think they're in the playoffs. Cleveland Browns is another one. Mm-hmm. They're you know losing their quarterback. And they lost to the Broncos when it comes to that tiebreaker. They may not be in there. I mean, it. I, I actually think it's going to be Buffalo is going to make a run. And, you know, you got Indy, you got the Broncos, you got the Texans all for those wild card spots. But it's it's pretty much 
you know, the last two spots are pretty open right now. I think I think the Broncos have a shot. They got to just have to take care of business in the AFC, and then they can get into the playoffs. But yeah, the uh, the nice thing is they got the win over Buffalo and they got the win over Browns. Yes. So is. if those are t- they're tied, they're they're in. So that's that's huge. I wish they would have got that tiebreaker over the Texans. They didn't, so that puts them behind. But yeah, I don't I don't think the Steelers are gonna go to playoffs. And I, I actually think the Browns aren't gonna be in there either. I, I, I just don't think they're gonna make it. So thanks, Casey. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. I'm going to my next one. Cortland Sutton. Now I know everybody's talking about Jerry Judy being wide open. Cortland <laughs> Sutton, if he can stop dropping the ball in those easy catches. And continue to catch the hard ones, he's going to have a big game. Eight catches, 110 yards, and a touchdown. Nice. Cool. Uh, my next is Jonathan Cooper. Um, three total tackles, so two solo with one assisted, and he will register a sack on Herbert. Nice. All right. Um, I'm going to grab another. Phil McLaughlin uh, question, throwing us some more support. Appreciate it. Asking, are we going to be able to get to Herbert? Any pressure will give us a chance for a turnover. Great show as usual tonight. That's the big question. You know, it's it's funny because when Baron Browning came back, I thought this uh, pass rush, the edge rushing, uh, you know, edge rushers would get that boost, and they kind of did at first. But it took a, it's you know some of these games it's taken a while to get going. They got pressure against the Texans in the second half. And that's what really kind of kept them in the game, I thought, um, getting that pressure often. I, I don't know. It's it's going to be – it would be nice to see them get pressure against Herbert. Um, it might come from the interior, though. You know, it might, it, it might be Zach Allen finally has that game. Might, uh, you know, who, who knows? I think they can, but um, I wouldn't – I wouldn't do a bunch of different exotic blitzes and, and all sorts of stuff. I, I want to see the edge rushers get to him, you know, beat their man, you know, beat their man, get to get the pressure on him. That's mm-hmm. what's been, been uh, missing oftentimes is they just can't get past their guy. So do that. Get to Herbert. Yep. Right there with you, Thomas. Again, with the three or four man, just, just get to Herbert. Um, and Phil, I, it remains to be seen, you know, it, the, the pass rush for the Broncos are very streaky. <laughs> I noticed, you know, they they have a few games. You know, you'll you'll hear you'll see a Bram Browning signing and a Cooper signing, and then some games, you know, you don't hear anything. So, but I, you know, I, I think if anything, yeah, it may come for the interior. Um, this might be a big Zach Allen game um, for sure. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I hope they can get to Herbert uh, at least a few times. Again, just kind of get him off a spot a, a few times. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. All right. We are almost done. I'm going to just say Mims real quickly. Marvin Mims finally gets back into the whole mix. A couple deep passes, three yards or three catches, 65 yards and a touchdown. Welcome back to uh, the NFL, Mims. You know, been vacant. You've been, you've been missed on the offense for a while. Now you're coming back. This is a game where they're going to throw the ball. I think that's happening. Now, Ron. Zach, did you get all your stats, guys? I have one, one more. more. All right, yeah. do it. And that's the last one. Your Broncos quarterback, Russell Wilson. <laughs> 17 of 29, 195 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Nice. All right. Prediction time. 
Ron, get, give uh, give the listeners your prediction for the game against the Chargers this Sunday. Yes, yeah, so I th- this game is definitely going to come down to, you know, again, stopping Eckler, making sure that the Broncos contain Eckler. And then I think with this kind of running to set up the the pass, because both both are going to be there. There are going to be opportunities that Denver can run through a lot of those gaping holes, and then also getting guys in space, just throwing it to them, Sutton, Judy, Mims. So with that, with this porous Chargers defense, I, I do expect um, the Broncos to come out victorious in this one, Thomas, um, in community. And my final score is going to be Broncos 24, Chargers 20. Well, you got a close game. Close one. All right. I've been saying this for a while. I've been waiting for the Broncos offense to kind of come alive, and I think they're going to finally do it against the Chargers. The team that showed up against the Browns is going to show up against the Chargers. They're going to show that they actually belong. They have a uh, they have that resiliency. They have that winning attitude. They're going to come out and they're going to lay it on the Chargers, thirty-one seventeen. Yeah. Oh, we got a big one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got Todd's coming in 24-21 Broncos. That's a close one. That's a, that's one of those nail biters. I, I'm tired of the nail biters. I want I want a clean victory. That's what I want. Clean victory. <laughs> and Phil's coming in with 24-14. That's a little bit better. I I appreciate that, Phil. I, I wanted to I want to be able to relax and uh enjoy the victory without having to wait till the last second to see if they're gonna win or not. <laughs> Good, good, good guys. And Kevin Gray's coming in 30 to 10. Broncos, great show, guys. Denver Broncos for life. Buckham. All right, 30 to 10. I will take it. Grab a cup. We got Todd's coming in with a 70 to 20. <laughs> I hope it happens, Todd. I really do. And and uh, uh we've got us. Uh, uh man, what was the, I Kim, okay, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting your name. 70. You've been calling for 71 points all season. Maybe this happened. I know you put it in there. Forgot. I'm sorry to grab that up. We got Ant Vigil coming in 2117 Broncos. And then we've got uh, random Facebook user. Uh, it's Benjamin. Sorry, Benjamin's here. Uh, I'm going 2313 Broncos. We got a lot of uh we got a lot of Broncos uh, uh supporters here. A lot of people think the Broncos can win, and I think they can too if they don't kill themselves. That's the thing. No mistakes. Yeah. And they can uh, they can be victorious. All right, Ron, let's wrap the show up. Any uh, final closing words as we uh as we wrap this up again thank you guys for tuning in um to tonight's episode and enjoy the game tomorrow again we just need the broncos to to do their job <laughs> you know that that's that's the thing and if they do their job they should come out on the winning end and get that much closer to the playoffs but yeah enjoy the game tomorrow guys again this has been great you know, I love talking to all of you every Saturday. I know Thomas does as well. Um, so this has just been an excellent experience. And I enjoy each and every one of you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And if you're going to the game as a Broncos fan, wear your orange, be loud, show yes. them that uh, the Broncos fans aren't giving up on this team. Let's rally together. Let's get another win. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.